Amen. And good morning. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thanks God for checking truly out the Candeo podcast. Done great things. To learn and more this about morning, us, visit uh, us at candeochurch.com. Uh, there's not really going to be like a message per se, but what we're going to do together this morning is we're going to both remember the great things that God has done, but we're also going to look forward to the things that we believe that God is going to do. And we're going to pray together a lot throughout the course of this service in expectant anticipation for what God is going to do as we commission our Cincinnati church team this morning, Mercy Hill, as we commission our SALT students who are going overseas this summer, and as we baptize 17 people. Isn't that crazy? Man, we just had baptisms on Easter, and then between, like in three weeks, 17 more people. God is doing tremendous, tremendous things, because this is what we're about as a church. We are about helping people find their greatest joy in Jesus. You may have seen it as you walk through the foyer, but what happens when you find your greatest joy in something is that you can't help but share it. You can't help but want to spread it around. It's why when you watch like a funny YouTube video, you, it's not enough for you to enjoy it, but you have to share it with somebody else. And you're like, you're like let me find it. I gotta look at my YouTube history and uh, here it is. Now watch, watch, watch. And you're... What's happening when you show someone that video is you're watching them, right? You're not watching the video. You're watching them because as they enjoy what you have enjoyed, you get more enjoyment in the thing you've enjoyed. It's why those of you who have had a baby, you post a million pictures on social media, millions. I don't know how Facebook has the bandwidth to... To, you know, to cover all of these, you know, high definition pictures, you're, oh, but, but you can't help it because you found your joy in this little person and you want to share that with everybody. The reason why we do that is because we were created to worship. And when, when I say worship, you might think, oh, music and singing. I go, no, that's not worship. That, that can be part of it. What worship is, real simply, is worship is ascribing ultimate value to someone or something, ascribing ultimate value to someone or something. This is why we were created. We were created to worship. And it's been this way since the beginning. In Genesis 1, it'll be up on the screen for you. This is what God says. It says, so God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created the male and female. And here's what God said. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. So Adam and Eve made in the image of God in the context of the garden, so image bearers who are also image beholders as they dwell with God in the garden. God says it's not enough that you that you bear my image and that you behold my glory in the garden. Here's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go to the ends of the earth. Image bearers who are image beholders are now to be image reflectors and spread God's glory to the ends of the earth. When my wife and I lived in Chicago, uh, Red Bull had a marketing campaign at the time where they kind of outfitted these Mini Coopers and really like, like made them just Red Bull specific, right? They had the can on the back and yeah, you can see it. And so they drive all around the city and they just pull over in random spots and these Red Bull girls would jump out of the Mini Cooper. They'd have their you know Red Bull shirt and Red Bull shorts and they'd get these Red Bull backpacks that were actually coolers and they'd walk around the city and you can guess what's in the coolers. It's Red Bull, right? And they're, they're like, people are flocking to them because who doesn't like free things? Even if you don't like Red Bull, you like free things. So people are flocking to them. And then once they got that can of Red Bull, what did everyone do? 
They walked around and became like walking billboards for Red Bull. Check this out. Image bearers, these Red Bull people, went out and shared the glory of Red Bull and then created a whole lot of Red Bull glory reflectors who walked around the city. You see, this Genesis 1 mission that God gave to Adam and Eve is woven all the way through Scripture into the New Testament. And so when we get to Matthew 28, the Great Commission, as we know it, is really a restatement of the commission that God gave Adam and Eve in the garden. Here's what Jesus says after he had just risen from the dead. Here's what he says to his disciples. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. What is Jesus saying to his disciples now? Go make disciples. Go make image bearers who reflect the glory of God to the nations. It's the exact same thing. So our mission as a church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit to the glory of God the Father. Make disciples of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit to the glory of God the Father. This is our mission so that people who have restored relationship with God through the power of the gospel will now go spread that glory to the ends of the earth. You see, God wasn't just telling Adam and Eve to go have more kids. Now, that'd certainly be part of it, right? They would have kids, but what they were to do was they were to spread God's glory to the ends of the earth, which means that whether you're married or whether you're single, whether you have a lot of kids or whether you are unable to have kids, you are part of this God-glorifying, earth-filling mission of making disciples, of creating a spiritual lineage of people who glorify God to the ends of the earth. And this is why we plant churches. This is why we send students overseas. And this is why we baptize people in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is our mission. This isn't just the mission of Candeo Church. This is the mission of the church, of any gospel-preaching, gospel-believing church. This is the mission to make disciples. Now, the reality, too, is that we at Candeo believe that we have a unique role to play in fulfilling that mission as we reach the next generation through college students. And so to get a better picture of what that unique vision is for our church, check out this video as Cody comes up. As God's people, we are incredibly passionate about seeing worshipers of Jesus cover the entire globe. Yet sadly, when it comes to the state of America right now, every year, around 8,000 churches close their doors in America. Which is why for us, it's not enough simply for our ambition to be just a great local church having impact here in the Cedar Valley, but for us to keep our eyes up and to pray with holy ambitious prayers that God would use us to plant Bible-teaching, Christ-exalting, gospel-sharing churches. And so as a part of the SALT network, 
We are a part of a family of churches that are committed together to plant 400 churches at every major university center across our nation. That's our ambition. That's our aim. And maybe you go, so, so why is so crazy about college students? As we're compelled really by three things. Number one, we're compelled by need. 18 to 22 year olds comprise the largest, most unreached and unengaged demographic in our nation. But it's not just need, there's also strategy there because we recognize that college students, they are by nature mobile. And so we're compelled not just by need, but by strategy. Because college students are coming into our city and to these cities across the nation for two, three, maybe four years, some five years. They call that a victory lap, not doctors, <laughs> not all of them. But they come into our cities for these short windows of time and if God will use us to reach them in that key moment, that pivotal moment of their life, we can then send them out purposely that as they scatter from this place, we are sprinkling salt and light all over the world. And so, we're compelled by need, we're compelled by strategy, we're also compelled by history. If you know anything about Christian history, you'll notice this very quickly, that God has a long track record of using 18 to 22 year olds to change the world. And so this is our ambition. And in this effort to plant churches, sometimes the way that God works is that he raises up people from within our midst that will go out and help us plant and start new works in different cities across the nation. That's what happened in 2016 when we planted a church, Anthem Church in Columbia, Missouri to reach the University of Missouri and that city there. That's what happened again in 2019 when we sent out a team from here to plant a church in Gainesville, Florida to reach the University of Florida. But sometimes God gives us the privilege of partnering with somebody that wasn't raised up here but God will bring them in here that we can partner with them, we can train them, and then God will build up a team of people around them and we'll have the delight of being able to send them out. And that's what God gave us in Ernie Benoit. Guys, I remember the night that I met Ernie for the first time was the coldest night of my life and definitely was for him. It was in February in the middle of that polar vortex in 2019. I think it was like negative 40 something at 10.30 at night when you got out of the Waterloo airport. And I remember looking at him, I said, does this make you like wanna reconsider this whole church planting thing and coming north and doing this? Because Ernie's originally from Louisiana. That's right. It's one thing to be Iowan to walk into that cold. And I'll never forget his answer because there was depth to it beyond just what he said on the surface. But he said, hey, Weather's not determining where we're gonna live, obviously. <laughs> and so over the past two years, Ernie and his wife, Laura, and their family have been embedded into the heart of the Cedar Valley and ingrained into every aspect of the life of this church. He served side by side with our college ministry staff, our community ministry team. He's walked through two years of church planter training through the SALT Network. He's even for this past year been serving as a contributing elder on our elder team, just continuing to grow to understand how we do life as a church that he can take that and multiply that in a new place. And church, today, 
as we send out Ernie and then this whole team of people that'll be going with him to Cincinnati, we're not just sending out a church planning team. It's become much deeper than that. We're sending out friends. Ernie, you've been a friend to me since the first day you got here. And I'm thankful for that. And you'll always be my friend. And this team, there's people on this team that I love and cherish, that you all love and cherish. Today, we send out friends. And church, I pray that for all the days of Kendeo's life, there will be these painful gospel goodbye moments. And actually, I fear the day that maybe we would become so comfort-driven and so self-absorbed that we wouldn't have moments like this. Because the beauty is, guys, we don't just plant churches for their benefit, for that city over there, for them to benefit from this. Guys, we also plant churches for us. Because moments like these and these painful gospel goodbye moments are like discipleship for my soul that continue to remind me that I'm not living for this world. I know that as I say goodbye now, we'll eventually get to hang out forever and ever. And there in that with all the people that you've led to Jesus in Cincinnati. And on that day, we'll have said it was worth it. And so Mercy Hill team, thank you so much for continuing to shape our hearts and keep our eyes not on ourselves or our own comforts, but on Jesus. And as you go, our hearts go with you. And so church, we're actually gonna hear just a bit from Ernie here this morning. And as Ernie takes the stage as a leader of this team and as a representative of this team, can we celebrate him and honor him and celebrate this team in this? Good morning. If you have a Bible, open it up to Joshua 4 with me. If you've been tracking along in the 1002 reading plan with us this year, this week we would have read uh, in Joshua and we would have come across this story in Joshua 4. So at this point in Israel's history, they've been redeemed from slavery in Egypt. They've crossed the Red Sea. They have now wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And now they are at the cusp of entering into the promised land. They come across the Jordan River. And to get into the promised land, they need to cross the Jordan River. So in Joshua 4, we see this story of God drying up the Jordan River for them, them crossing over. And as they cross over, God commands them that each tribe sends one person back into this dried up river to retrieve a stone. So 12 stones come out of the river and they are to set up these 12 stones as a memorial. And we see what God commands them to do with this starting in verse 19. So they stack up these 12 stones and here is what God says, verse 19. The people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month and camped at Gilgal on the eastern limits of Jericho. Then Joshua set up in Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken from the Jordan. And he said to the Israelites, in the future, when your children ask their fathers, what is the meaning of these stones? You should tell your children, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. 
For the Lord your God dried up the water of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, just as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. This is so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is mighty and so that you may always fear the Lord your God. Israel had experienced the redemption and salvation from slavery. They had experienced God fulfill his promise to bring them into the promised land. And what is the purpose of all this? What was all that for? We'll look back at verse 24. Two reasons. This is so. Here's the purpose. As you set up these stones to be a memorial, to be a witness of God's faithfulness, what is the purpose? First, that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is mighty. And second, so that you may always fear the Lord your God. These stones had both an inward purpose and an outward purpose. They had an inward purpose that we may always fear the Lord and an outward purpose that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is mighty. These stones were to be a witness of God's salvation so that all peoples of all nations, of all tongues, of all languages would know that there is a God. And for the Israelites to fear the Lord always. We too have experienced an incredible salvation, an incredible redemption from a slavery to sin and death. But what's different about what we're commanded to do? We're not commanded to set up stones to be a witness of this salvation. Instead, what are we commanded? We are commanded that our lives should serve as the witness of God's salvation. Acts 1.18, or 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in all Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. For us, it is not stones that are to serve as a witness of God's salvation. It is our very lives that are to serve as a witness of the salvation that we have received in Christ. And that is why we have a conviction that all peoples of all nations, of all tongues, of all ethnicities need to hear and know that the Lord's hand is strong for salvation. As we fear God in response to the salvation we've received, we want to take this message to the ends of the earth. Before I talk about the vision, I just wanna ask you one question. Are the witness stones of your life still in the Jordan River? Are the stones that are to be a witness of God's salvation in your life still in the river? Meaning, are you allowing your life to be a witness of God's salvation or is your witness still buried? So it's in response to this conviction that we have a strategy to reach all nations. And so we've identified as a network 100 cities that have over 100,000 students that have low access to the gospel, that are good locations, viable for summer teams to travel to, long-term partners to be established in. So you heard some of that vision in the video, but the Salt Network Global exists to mobilize churches within our network to adopt cities, to focus intentionally on one city or a couple of cities 
to work to send long-term teams over there, to consistently send summer teams over there in order that churches would be planted in those communities to reach university students with the gospel. And so this summer, we have the opportunity to send another summer team, which is awesome. So would my summer team students come on up that are heading to Nairobi, Kenya? The network has six locations currently out of those 100 with work begun in those locations. We have another 37 long-term workers being sent out this summer from across various network churches, two of those from Candeo, which is awesome. And these five students will be joining some long-term workers who are already in Nairobi, Kenya, and two others that are heading there this summer to help the work that is happening. Nairobi has over 250,000 college students there. They are working to plant churches, to strengthen uh, churches that already exist, to disciple believers, to reach college students, and you five will get to do that. So we got Micah Smith, Rachel Funkhauser, Kara Wicker, Logan Swaim, and Grace Rimpy heading over this summer to help for six weeks in Nairobi. So what I'd love for you to do, similar to what we just did for Cincinnati, turn to the same people. Spend some time praying for the 100 cities that have over 100,000 students, that God would work in a powerful way for churches to be planted there, that all peoples of all nations would know Christ, and pray for these five as they're heading to Nairobi this summer. So take a minute, pray where you're at, and we will have an elder and some salt staff conclude here in a minute. This has been a message from Candeo Church. To learn more about us or to hear more messages, visit us at candeochurch.com.